This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. As expected, as expected, it is a little raggedy. And you should get used to this, ladies and gentlemen, even though it's 10-10. This is the way football is going to be for the first month. It just is. I say it over and over and over again because Steve Young has said it over and over and over again. As long as coaches do not play players a lot in the preseason, there will be no crispness. There will be raggedy football. There will be inconsistent football. That's the way it's going to be for the first month of the season. And that was when there were four preseason games. (laughs) This year, there were three. And a lot of players on a lot of teams didn't play maybe one series, maybe two series in a game. And I get it. Everybody's afraid of injury. You don't want to lose your season because of a key injury in the preseason. But there's a price to pay for that. And the price that you pay is very simple. The price that you pay is you're not going to have really crisp football early. And tonight's Monday night game is is a – Example of that. Now it's an entertaining game. It's 10-10. Well, now it's not because Buffalo's just gotten to the end zone. So it's 16-10 pending the extra point. But, you know, that's football right now. Eight-play scoring drive for the Bills, 58 yards, including the uh, scamper by Josh Allen with a forearm shiver or the straight arm <laughs> to a safety or a corner going as he was going out of bounds. Listen, I know that all quarterbacks are running backs when they leave the pocket, but and I, I admire Josh Allen. He's a strong guy. But you put yourself out there because, let's face it, just because you're a quarterback when you're running, you put a, store, a stiff arm out there, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have some retaliation on the defenders who love going after quarterbacks who isn't the quarterback because he's running. He's a, he's a running back. Doesn't have the, you know, the protection that quarterbacks have and love in the pocket. Meanwhile, the Yankee stadium, the Yankees in a tough, tough situation. They are now down three, two as the twins bat in the ninth inning. And listen, it's hard for even bad teams. It's hard for you to sweep a four game series from a bad team, including sweeping a doubleheader. That makes it tough, especially with the lineup that the Yankees have been putting out over the past couple games. I mean, it was it was great to see Giancarlo Stanton come up and bat in the bottom of the eighth, even though he struck out. But it was still good to see him. But once again, it's it's and it's not an excuse. Okay, this I'm telling you right now, it's not an excuse. But the combination of players, position players, and pitchers that I'm looking at that the Yankees are bringing in. I'm just shaking my head. I don't know. It, it's This is not a major league team. It just isn't. So you know that they've been struggling. You see that they've had issues, okay, trying to score runs. And it's compounded by the fact now that you've got all these injuries and you're not going to get a whole bunch of runs. And as uh, JP and I discussed earlier, I know there's going to be Yankee fans like, oh, my God, what is Boone doing? Will you let Cortez stay in the game? Come on, you got to let him stay in the game. He just came off the IL. 
this is as much, and I get it, with all the struggling you have and the, the lead dwindling down, that this is as much about now as it is about the future. All right? Because you still need to ramp him back up and get him ready so that if you make it to the postseason, <laughs> you have him available. That's what this is about. It's very simple. So, no, I know you wanted them to stay in the game. I get it. Nasty Nestor's become a favorite. He's, he's had a great year. But he's just coming off the IL. And it's going to be a similar situation that, that the Mets are going to be in when Max Scherzer comes off the IL in 15 days, having missed two starts. All right? They're going to have to bring him along slowly. He's going to want to push himself because that's Max Scherzer. But you can't do it. Because it's not about now, it's about next month. It's about postseason. And so the same thing goes. So, but getting back to the Yankees, I mean, this, who are these people? I mean, they're trying. They're trying their best. I mean, Miguel Andujar, where did that home run come from? I mean, yeah, they had a home run since, what, 21, 2021? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Works out of the key walk. I mean, there's the, just you look at this lineup. How? <laughs> and I say that once again, not as an excuse. But if they were having trouble scoring runs before, how do you think they're going to score runs with this makeshift lineup? And if you're if you're Minnesota, and you're the manager of the Twins right now. What is your what is your first base what is the runner at first base doing? You bring him out, you pinch you have a pinch runner in for Sanchez, and he gets caught daydreaming and gets picked off first base. I mean, you gotta be kidding me. What are you looking at? I mean, they're trying to get a, a, a you know an insurance run because they just they don't beat the Yankees. <laughs> they just don't beat them. So there's an opportunity for them to try to beat the Yankees and, you know, try to get an insurance run here, and the guy gets picked off. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. But it is under review, so we'll see what happens. But it, it's, it's, just, it's, it's just crazy to see how bad this Yankee team is struggling because they are really, really struggling badly. And they've got a big weekend series coming up. Okay? So they need to get this they they need to get back on track, try to find a way, and hopefully Stanton will be able to play at least two of the games this weekend. Rizzo may be able to come back, they're not sure. As Aaron Boone told the guys on the Michael K show earlier today, DJ LeMahieu out on the IL with his troublesome toe. It's just been one injury after another, after another, after another for this Yankee ball club. And it's just not, and, and remember this, these injuries more so in the bullpen that really changed things for them too. But as far as the offense is concerned, the injuries and the problems hitting have just come at just the, the worst possible time. And I'll say it again. I have not seen an offense struggle like this 
I mean, struggle the way the Yankees have. And by all by all accounts, they've they've done great in this in the four game series with Minnesota. I mean, they've they've scored some runs. And this has been the shock. So hopefully things will get going with them. As I mentioned earlier, for me, it's 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 a it's a day, it's a breather day. Because the Mets are off. They start a weekend series in Miami against the Miami team that pitches well, but they can't score. So I think the Mets will be in good shape to have an opportunity to uh, take the series from Miami. And this is going to be big because Atlanta is in Seattle. And they've got a weekend set with the Mariners, and the Mariners are battling for wild card spot. So this is not going to be easy for Atlanta. And I'm sure that Atlanta will see Luis Castillo. I'm I'm hoping. (laughs) And I'm hoping that he treats them the way he treated the Yankees when they faced him, shutting Atlanta down. So for me and and how the Mets are going to go on this this weekend, it's really about doing what you're supposed to do. When you are playing a bad team, you're supposed to beat them badly. That's That's my philosophy. Play a bad team, beat them badly. Got to take the series. We'll prefer a sweep, but you got to take the series. And once again, that's my respect for what Miami does pitching-wise. So these are the things that I'm looking for from the Mets. I love what I saw in the series, uh, in the doubleheader against Pittsburgh. You know, you start to see guys come around and hit. But once again, as a Mets fan, I've got some injuries now that I'm a little concerned about. Marte, I know it's day-to-day. I think you can get by with resting him in this series against Miami because once again, it's about, you know, what happens in October. So I want him healthy. I want that hand ready, the, the, ready to go. Same thing with Scherzer. I'm, I'm, you know, of course you want him back, but I'm not rushing him back. If I can get a start or two with him before the postseason, I'm good. I'm really good. So those are the things I'm looking for. 1-800-919-3776. When we return. We'll turn our attention to the New York Jets. And once again, and we'll talk about the Giants as well. And once again, the Jets have an injury that could cause them some major problems. And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about Zach Wilson. And as far as the Giants are concerned, I want to hear from the Giant fans. What are you expecting from your team this season? I mean, Sterling Shepard's going to be able to go. So he's going to be available. That's a positive. And as I look at this offense, maybe, just maybe, if Dayball can get Daniel Jones focused and put him in positions where he can make plays and be the best he can be with a better offensive line and Saquon Barkley, maybe I'll be surprised on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. We'll get your thoughts next. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 987 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Giants will start their uh, season on the road against Tennessee. And, you know, here's the funny thing. They're at Tennessee 425 on Sunday, and then they're home on the 18th against Carolina. You know, when the Giants host Dallas on the 26th, 
if things go right, they could be 2-0. and I mean, you look at their schedule, all right? After Dallas, they've got Chicago, once again at home. And then they have Green Bay in London. So, I, they might be in a little better shape than we may think early. But, I mean, you look at their schedule, I mean, you know, if they can do anything, they could surprise some folks. Surprise as in five, six wins? I mean, come on, look look at the schedule. At Tennessee, and Derrick Henry is a monster. But you heard what Olofsky said. They've got some injuries. And defensively, you know, if the Giants were able to run the ball a little bit, set up some little play action and whatnot, they could be dangerous. They could put some points on the board. Carolina, I know Baker Mayfield is going to be the starter, but I, I you know, I, I got to see him. You know, we'll get a chance to we'll get a chance to view some things this week or week one in the NFL. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think Dallas is going to be tough. It's always tough for them. It's a divisional opponent. Chicago's eh. Green Bay said in London, then they come back, they got Baltimore, then they got at Jacksonville, at Seattle, a bye week, and then Houston and Detroit. I mean, as I look at it, it might be a little better than what you think if you're a Giant fan. It might be. It just might be. But for me, the whole thing is going to be very simple for them, okay? It's going to be very simple for them. I know what they're going to be defensively. I know what Wink Martindale's Resume says a lot of blitzing. Now, I also realize that it's going to be selective because as he starts to build more confidence and more folks show what they can do with the secondary, that he can leave some people alone on occasion. Uh, it's going to be selective blitzing. So for him, it really, he needs Leonard Williams to have a big season. Much like he did not last year, but the year before. He didn't play badly last year, but the year before he was dominant. So he needs to have Leonard Williams go back to that Leonard Williams, who was uh, he's now a captain. This is so funny to watch him. This was the Leonard Williams that the Jets thought they were drafting when they drafted him. Was this type of player he's been the past couple seasons. But I just think that when he was with the Jets, they had so many different people that they that they chose to rush the passer that he got kind of mixed up at the tackle position. And I just, we always thought that he was, I don't remember having conversations and folks thought that he would always be better rushing the passer from the end. But remember, you have Muhammad Wilkerson on those teams. You had Sheldon Richardson on those teams. You had other people who you expected were going to be your pass rushing quarterback. So for him, you really just wanted Leonard Williams to win the battle. Okay, that's what you would just win the battle and let the other guys get to the quarterback. And so now since he's gone with the Giants, you've seen what he's been able to do, right? You've seen that he is that talent. You've seen that he is that guy that can wreak havoc and and show that he can be a guy that can really rack up double digits and sacks. And that's what he needs to do for a Wink Martindale's defense. That's what's going to get them going. That's what's going to have them where the defense is, is, you know, can, can keep them in games until we see what happens with the offense. Because I believe, once again, this offense is going to be if, and it's a big if, 
if Dable can dial in to make Daniel Jones more selective and obviously cut down on turnovers and especially be creative in the red zone so this team can score some some points on the board. That's what they really need. This team has been, you know, just dreadful in the red zone. I don't have to tell you, Giant fans, you know. They've been dreadful. And I'm not I'm not going to pick on Kenny Galladay anymore until Sunday. <laughs> we'll see how he plays. But I just think with what they've been able to show you in limited portion in the preseason, with how they've used you know, different players and how they've moved them around and especially Saquon Barkley, what they've been able to do with him. I mean, those are the things that, you know, you want to see what this creativity that they both had up in Buffalo and throughout his years in the league. What he can do for this for this Giants team. And so that's the big thing. And I believe that if he can do anything to get them a little better, to be a little less predictable, all right, um, with a better offensive line and hopefully a, a healthy and better Saquon Barkley, um, this will, they could once again get some points and surprise some folks. Okay, they can. Now, I'm not predicting eight, nine, ten wins for the Giants. I'm not. But I am saying that they can, you know, at least represent themselves a little better than they've had previously, especially in the red zone, especially in the red zone. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Uh, interesting play in the in the Bills game. <laughs> uh, Josh Allen trying to run with the ball, and they took legs and arms and everything. That's what happens when quarterbacks start stiff-arming defenders. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have done it. I'm just saying you got to expect it. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. You know, when, when uh, Gordon and I fill in for DPH on Rothenberg, one of the features they do on the morning show that you guys know from 5 to 8, Monday through Friday on 98.7, is on Fridays, you know, things that just tick you off. That just drives you crazy. That just you just you just are done. One of the things that drive me crazy. It doesn't have to be just sports. It could be anything, but one of the things that drives me crazy sports wise is this box, right? The box that's around home plate. And when you look at the amount of times that the ball doesn't go near the box, and it's called a strike. I'm sitting here saying to the guys, I mean, it's and it's it's outside of the box, not on the edge, not like next to the box. There's space between the ball and the box. Okay? And I'm like, if that's a ball, why do we have the box up there? And Harvey says, you know, they want to get bigger bases, they should get bigger boxes. And you're right. Because this box is like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So the Yankees lose 4-3 to the Twins. But they took three or four from Minnesota. So listen, they'll take it. They'll take it. 
I know they're not ecstatic, <laughs> but they will take it because at least they got some runs and they have the opportunity here. But again, and there's a key play, and, and it's so funny. It's a key play in the game, which was the play that really looked like that uh, Wandy Rodriguez had gotten the the ball, and he was he had he fumbled it a little bit, but he had control of it and got on the, and got the guy out. But it was overturned, and that turned out to be the game for the Yankees. Because once again, when you're not scoring. You don't have a big margin for error. You just don't. You don't. And that's the situation they're in right now. They are struggling. Struggling. <laughs> really. So we'll get your thoughts on the Yankees as they get ready for Tampa this weekend. Also, your thoughts on the Giants and Jets. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to the phones. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Yeah, you know, so I'm, I don't know how much we'll take it. I mean, this game here, I mean, please. The Yankees had so many opportunities to win this game. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's just, you know, it's really <laughs> bad, bro. You know, we all know they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I mean, multiple chances, eighth yes. inning and ninth inning, multiple people on base. Yep. I mean, that wasn't even a wild pitch to Sanchez. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, he just he just got it. He's, he's glad that he's not. You, if anything, if anything, you're gonna get positive about this. As bad as Donald has been, as bad as he's been. I mean, we watched Gary Sanchez, and they tried to say that was some wild pitch. I mean, what are you talking about, man? You got to catch that ball, man. You that's off, his, that that's off the long, tip man. of his glove. Off the tip of his glove. Oh, you got to catch please. it. But, he, but you know he please. wouldn't. Yeah, you knew he wouldn't, like you said. You knew he wouldn't. You know, you know Stanton, man, he had a greater bat. Then at the end, he's swinging at that looping curveball that way outside. Yeah. You know, it's, it, you know, but and you hear people talk about this all the time, man. I mean, like Labor Torres, just make contact, bro. That's it. You got the bases loaded, fam. Like, All you needed was an out. All you needed was a just, fly ball out. Just make contact. I mean, you you had Hicks actually get a, a freaking hit <laughs> in a big spot. You saw his reaction. I mean, God, it looked like you know, like like he felt like he like he was hit hit a home run in the World Series. Yeah. I mean, but good lord, you know, I don't know, man. It's just. Well, it's been a while. I don't even know why I get upset. You know, it doesn't make sense. I already knew they're not going anywhere, but yeah, this was a bad loss. I, you know, I'm glad you took the series. You know, but this was a bad loss. You have to close that game. They need every last game they can get, not they just do. in terms of keeping off, you know, the the, the division rivals, but just in terms of building some type of confidence, man. Yep, absolutely, anyway, man. You know, looking at this football, bro. You know, it's clear that Von Miller can still play. You know, yes, that, indeed. That, that's, that's a given. You know, um, but everybody talk about how the Bills. You know, and, and you know, you know, I love me some Josh Allen, and mm-hmm. I love when these Jets fans try to tell me how Josh Allen had these first couple of years that was poor, and that that should give me hope about Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. You go take a look at Josh Allen. You take a look at Zach Wilson. You get back to me on that one. Yeah. But um, you know. The Bills are not going to go to the Super Bowl, I still don't think, because, you know, there's two things I noticed with them. They get sacks, you know, but a lot of times they can't stop the run still, mm-hmm. and they don't really have any running game. I mean, you yeah. know, Josh Allen is like 40% of their running game. I mean, their running backs are little, Moss, Singletary. I mean, they're good for about five. They don't have anybody who can give you 20 carries, mm-hmm. how you need to have, you know, in a, in a playoff series. 
to, you know, play a run. You know, you need to have one guy be able to give you, you know, like one guy need to be the lead. They got two guys who are like secondary guys, you know, but, uh, you know, just looking at this game this weekend, bro, with us, man, I, I don't really have no expectations that the Jets, and why would you, would even be sort of competitive in this game versus the Ravens. But, you know, I'll just be sitting back to look at three guys that I'm very interested in. I mean, all three rookies. Mm-hmm. You know, Sauce, J.J., and Garrett Wilson. You know, mm-hmm. if the Jets can, let's say, be respectable, not not mm-hmm. be, a, you know, a laughing stock in this first game, I'll be pleased with that as things go on and progress, you know, during the season. But I just really would like to see those three guys, you know, come out and show up. Because, you know, as much as I kill Joe Douglas and I get mad at him and everything like that, the moves he made to get those three guys, the, the, it was it was it was good for the team, and they're three guys that I've actually looked at at college football, you know, recognized mm-hmm. the universities, and recognized the player, you know, no right. more defensive backs from um, Cal University. No, no, I mean? no, it's not gonna work. <laughs> and, and and none from Alabama if they if they've had injuries. <laughs> yeah, I mean Quinn and Williams. Listen, you know Quinn and Williams. I heard Bart Scott talk about earlier today. I love Bart to death. He's like, he's the next man up behind Aradano. Let's slow down. I mean, I like Quentin Williams a lot, but he needs to show that he's not just an average player, that he could be an above-average player. Like, you see it play to play, but you don't see it consistently, you know, game to game. It'd be nice if if he, you know, I don't know how Salah's scheme works versus what, you know, to be honest with you, bro, you know know what's really pissed me off? And I hate to bang on Salah. I like Salah a lot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he, he does a little bit too much of, like, where you realize he was a coordinator. You know, he's talking about the All-22 when he talks to people. Listen, I can watch yeah. NFL films to hear all that kind of talk. Greg Williams' defense and Rex Ryan's defense seem more aggressive and yes. more of a tone-setting defense. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really want to see from him this year. Like, Well, not him, the team. That's what I really want to see from the team this year. I, I need to see them. Forget about not just only stopping the run, but – they, I need. Mean, they need to match the aggression and the physicalness that that's going to come on Sunday. I, I don't mm-hmm. care about the game outcome, but that's something I really need to see. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. You want to see, as a Jet fan, you want to see your team not get pushed around like so many times you saw them get pushed around defensively and offensively last year. That's what you want. And when we talk about Quentin Williams, I agree with you. For for Quentin Williams, he. And hopefully now that he's got some other people around him where he will, you know, not be double teamed so often. Okay. He's got to, he's got to make those plays. He does a great job, but you want him now to take that next step. And that's what this year's jet defense has got to be about. It's got to be about taking the next step. Everybody, all the veterans you've got there, Carl Lawson, all the guys we heard so much about Carl Lawson. Oh, he was great. How he was in training camp last year. He was great. He got injured. It was messed up. I get it. All right, but now, and you've got so many folks on there, you should be able to move guys around and be able to have depth, and so you won't be able to wear guys down. So hopefully they will be able to match the physicality that they will see, and they will see physicality on Sunday because that's what the Baltimore Ravens do. They do it offensively, and they do it defensively. They want to they punish your – they want to stop the run – by being very physical at the point of attack. And on the other side, they want to just punish you defensively. So that's why the situation that we're finding out 
earlier today uh, on the Jets injury report is a major concern. Okay, because you you the the offensive line has been something that has been just a struggle for this team, right? It's been a struggle. You know, Beckton, you thought you had him. Now you don't have him. You thought Fant was going to be left tackle. Now he's moved to right tackle. Let's go back to left tackle. All right, so Dwayne Brown is nursing his shoulder injury. Didn't practice yesterday. All right, so will he be able to go on Sunday? And if he can't go on Sunday, then that means you got to move Fant to left tackle, which he doesn't mind because he loves left tackle. But on the but on the same accord, now your right tackle situation, you've got an inexperienced guy over there. All right? So, and you've got a, a non-moving Joe Flacco at your quarterback spot. And so that's that's not a that's not a key a ideal situation for you on your first game. All right? You need to be able to try to be something, I think Buddha said it right. You need to be able to be as physical and you need to be able to be competitive in this game. This is, this is a, this is, listen, nobody expects them to win. But if you could make some plays and keep it close, as I said earlier this week, if you're the Jets this season, your goal is to be competitive in every single game. Every single game in the fourth quarter, I don't care whether it's Green Bay, I don't care whether it's Denver, I don't care whether it's New England, I don't care who it is. In the fourth quarter, you should still be in the games. That's where this team has to go. That's that's the low bar that you have for this team because they've been pushed around and and played, you know, poorly over the past couple seasons. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Matthew Stafford has looked awful. A couple of picks. Jalen Ramsey has looked awful. I mean, Stefan Diggs has owned him. I mean, owned him. It's been embarrassing. It's been embarrassing. The Bills defense... 151 total yards. That's what they've allowed tonight. 151 total yards. Bunch of turnovers by the Rams. And I just, I'm just telling you. It doesn't, it, it, Super Bowl hangover. Super Bowl hangover. It's early. And once again, you're going to see, you're going to see teams struggle like this. Where they look awful awful because they haven't played they have not played there's no synergy there's no chemistry there's nothing you can't simulate what you're going to face during the regular season especially when you talk about a buffalo bills team that i mean everybody thinks is going to the super bowl everybody Everybody thinks they're going to the point that it's uncomfortable <laughs> to jump on the bandwagon. It's how bad it is. Everybody's picking them because they're really good. Now they have, listen, no team is perfect. 
and they've got some issues. Buddha talked a little bit about it, their inability to be consistent in stopping the run or running, getting a running attack. And really it's, I mean, Josh Allen is their number one running back. No question about it. But this is quite an impression for a national audience to look at how the, uh, the Buffalo Bills want to make a statement. Okay. It's really, really, really interesting. Uh, the other issue is once again, Josh Allen. Um, he is four for four for 92 yards and two touchdowns from outside the pocket. Okay. And he is, he scrambled four times for 27 yards and a touchdown and three first downs. So they just haven't, they just have not been able to do anything. And I mean, Stefan Diggs is an elite receiver. We know that elite, elite. And he is just, he is just, <laughs> it's Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey is a very good corner. He's very good. And he can't find, he can't, and I don't know what he was looking at because it's a 53 yard touchdown. Diggs was, I mean, Josh Allen is on the run and he just floats it. And, and I don't know. That's, that's, uh, we got to go. That's, we got to, we got to, you rush and bring the computer to him so he can look at that play and see how badly he was burnt on it. Okay. And see how badly he was burnt on it. Richard's in Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7. Hi, Larry. Hi, Gordon. Gordon's there, isn't he, Larry? No, Gordon's off tonight, Richard. Oh, it's just you, Larry. I'm yeah, sorry. Larry, okay. I got to disagree respectfully with both you and Gordon. Gordon's okay. not there, but I know what he would say. And you said something that I really dis disagree with. You said the Yankees would be happy with three out of four. I echo everything Buddha said. This was a disgusting loss tonight. It was bad. Now, but we saw it. There was foreboding on this. Yesterday, in a tie game, bottom of the 11th inning, bases loaded, no out, and we don't score a run. You can't do that in the playoffs. Are you kidding me, Larry? If you're playing Houston, if you're playing even the Chicago White Sox or Tampa, you're not going to beat any of these good teams. I mean, Minnesota's a decent team, and they gave you second life yesterday. But we knew that. You don't score with the bases loaded and no out. Tonight, bases loaded and one out. And Gordon is always saying to me, and Gordon, I, you're not there, but I have to disagree with you. I didn't need a three-run home of bases loaded, no, a, a one out today. I needed a 30-foot bunt just to tie the ball game. You need a, you need a fly ball out. You didn't even need a bunt. You needed right. a fly but ball out. Even, Larry, my point is 30 feet. That's all I wanted. Just keep mm -hmm. the ball on the infield 30 feet. I'll take my chances. They don't field it cleanly. The guy in third beats the throw home. Something is good is going to happen if you keep the ball in play. What do they do? They're waiting for the three-run homer, and boom, he strikes out. That was disgusting. Now, Larry, here was my point. Here was my point, Richard, and this is yeah. why I said uh, they were happy with three out of four. 
you look at the lineup because of injury oh, that this team puts on, right. the, yeah. puts on there, that's what I meant when I said they Oof. were happy with three out of four. Oh, Larry. You know, Larry, that's what I meant. Know, I'm sorry. Another thing, you guys are talking about Jets and Giants. I'm yes. not even. I'm so disgusted with this team right now. I don't even know if I can watch football. <laughs> you need to bad. watch football to take your mind off of it, Richard. Oh, yeah, I, I'm not ready for more heartbreak anymore. <laughs> this was too much. This what this game was. But you know, I knew it was coming. I said after yesterday, I said there's no way we're going to win game. They're losing the games the same way they lost early last year. Last, you know. In the beginning of this year, they weren't losing these kind of games. For some reason, they kept winning them. Even mm-hmm. Gallo would get the sacrifice flying. Something good would happen here. But this, uh, this was as bad a loss as I've seen all year. This, this was bad. I can't say I'm surprised either, Larry. No, you're you not. Have, you're not uh, and they're going to keep walking judge. Of course they're they are. They're going to keep walking. You know, they should. Uh, you know, because these teams are in the playoffs too. They, they want to win. They yeah. want to win. They don't care whether he breaks the record or not. They don't. They could care less. They want to win the games. It's not like they're indifferent either. So that was the move to make. Walk Judge, and you better have somebody good at number three or four who's ever batting behind Judge. This is ridiculous, though. This is bad. This was bad, boy. It was all set up for them to at least tie the ball game, something, and they wouldn't even do that. I knew it yesterday. Larry, the guy struck out four times. Four times he's up at bat. Boone lets the guy swing away, and he doesn't strike out. He does even worse than striking out. He gets into a double play, and not only a regular double play, a home to first double play. Larry, mm-hmm. if you know, if you had a ten and a one chance of something bad happening, they hit the ten and one chance. No question Larry, about it, Richard. Larry, no question you can't about make it. it. You can't make this stuff up. And, you know, I'm listening to the games mm-hmm. because I don't have time enough to watch it, and I still get disgusted. Thank God I don't watch the game, so I don't invest my time uh, that much in it, and I'm listening to it. But I'm emotionally uh, into it so much that it, it still disgusts me. And uh, always a pleasure, Larry. All right, same here, always Richard. Always a pleasure. Same Thank here. You. you too. But, Richard, I mean, come on. IKF is hitting cleanup in this lineup tonight. IKF at 230 or 260 is your cleanup hitter. That's all you need to know. That's what I meant with this lineup that you're fielding. And this was compared to the opener of the doubleheader yesterday. This was a big-time lineup. Hicks in left. Yeah, Hicks leading off. Judge, Torres, IKF hitting cleanup. Marwan Gonzalez. Andujar, your DH, Floreal in center, Higashioka catching, Peraza at short. I mean, go back and look at that lineup that Aaron Boone had with the doubleheader after the rainout. Look at that. Look at that lineup. We talked about it the other night. You're not winning anything with a lineup like that, and you were able to win a game in extra innings. With a not a not a minor league, not a triple A, a almost a single A lineup. So considering what you put on the field, you you're satisfied with three out of four. Of course, you want to win them all. I get that. I know. I can see the the. Believe me, I am looking at standings all the time. <laughs> okay. All the time. 
So I know that you're very concerned with the standings in the AL East because now it's down to four and a half over the Rays and six over the Jays. So I get it. But you were lucky to take three out of four. Lucky. As bad as that, as bad as the lineup was for the Yankees. Lucky. We'll hear from Aaron Boone a little later in the show. He was on the Michael K show earlier today, too. As a matter of fact, he he told the guys that, that DJ LeMahieu was going on the IL. So, I mean, it's 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 crazy. It's just crazy. All the injuries at this point in time, right when you want to rest guys and get them ready for the postseason so they'll be healthy and well-rested, you're getting injury after injury after injury. And oh, by the way, while Richard was talking, Matthew Stafford threw another pick. (laughs) It's not a good night for McVay and the Rams. Not a good night. 31-10, 31-10, just over five minutes left in the game. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.